Hello, everyone. I just wanted to let you know that I am, I am a judge, so I am taking bribes. Um, and I will be changing into my um, chili eating sweatshirt when I get, home, uh, when I get off of here. And um, I didn't bring my chili eating pants, unfortunately. They were in the wash. So, um, anyways, my name is Emily um, Faber, and I have been coming to LifeSpring for a long time. Um, I uh, grew up in the church, just a little bit about me. I grew up in the church, uh, grew up in a Nazarene church, so I got very used to hymns and all that kind of stuff, and um, very uh, structured, uh, got into uh, the Pentecostal movement when my parents moved here to Washington State, and uh, we got involved at Northwest Church. So my high school, junior high years, very exposed to this kind of stuff, love it, love the Spirit of God, love how he is moving and how he's alive and all that good stuff. Um, so I, um, a little bit about me and how Dan, and Pastor Dan asked me to come and talk to you all about it is that uh, I am heading back to school uh, to become a social worker. I work in behavioral health right now, um, and it is... A fun time right now because during the holidays and during all the snow change, everybody gets cabin fever and goes crazy, like even more so than normal. Um, so uh, when Dan asked me to come and talk, everything was fine. You know, people were calm. My, I'm in school right now, um, so I didn't have a whole lot of papers. It was the beginning of the quarter. And so, you know, and as time progressed, the papers got more and more, the snow started, and everything went out the door. <laughs> um, but I did get to sit down, and I got to mull over some of the things that, you know, uh, just like, all right, Lord, what, what do I speak about? I get to talk about Anna today a little bit, um, a little bit about her and her life. Uh, so let's go ahead and read the scripture. The scripture is going to be Luke uh, 236 uh, through 42. Now there was a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of uh, Philo, uh, whatever, um, <laughs> of the tribe of Asher. Uh, she was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from, um, from when she was a virgin. And then widowed until 84, until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting day and night. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God. Now remember, um, this was in the temple when uh, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus on the eighth day to go through the rituals that normal Jewish boys go through of being blessed and a sacrifice and circumcision and all that kind of stuff. So she's in that, in that period, in that time, and she sees, spots Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And coming up that very hour, she begins to give thanks to God and speaks of him um, to all who were waiting the, for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew become, and becoming strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Heavenly Father, I just pray that, um, again, that, that I will decrease and that you will increase, Father. 
that um, what, what you have laid on my heart, God, will be of you and nothing of my flesh. And God, that I will get out of the way and that you will speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, these are handy little books. Uh, we passed them out last week. Uh, I, there are some still back there. I would encourage you guys to pick them on up. Uh, if you don't, I've actually really enjoyed getting into having my, like, an actual book. Normally, this is, this is my Bible, but there's something about um, paper and writing and drawing in it and highlighting and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I've been super enjoying that uh, after the 40 days of prayer. I was doing that a little bit. How many of you guys did that? 40 days of prayer? Awesome. That's totally cool. So as, as I was doing that and as I was praying and as I was uh, pondering and thinking about, um, you know, okay, Lord, what, what, do you want to ta- what, do we, what do you want us to take out of this passage? I am such a, per- I'm, I'm a person who likes to go down rabbit holes. Especially when I'm sitting listening to people, I'm like, oh, that's really good. I wonder what the scripture says and follows that rabbit hole. So I follow everything. And so as I'm, as I'm praying and reading it, you know, the things are popping up like, okay, this might be good to talk about. So there's a lot to unpack in this scripture. Um, you know, the promises of who Christ is, you know, is, is, is just so woven into this scripture. Um, I could talk about how... Uh, you know, how we sometimes get God's promises wrong, but his promises still endure forever. Uh, uh, The people who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem is a perfect example of that, right? The Jewish people wanted a a king to come in on a white horse. Well, they were centuries, 2,000 years worth, if not plus. I mean, we still haven't seen Christ come on uh, on a white horse yet, right? That's the revelation, Christ, and that's what they've been praying for, to, to have that oppression taken away from them and, and God to come and smite all of their enemies and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's not, not what was in God's plan, right? Didn't, didn't want that. So that was one thing. I was like, all right, Lord, you know, no, that's not really where I want to go and didn't feel like that that was supposed to. The other part that jumped out at me is women in ministry, right? We are very fortunate in this denomination um, that we were actually founded by a female, uh, Amy Simple McPherson. Her, her story is phenomenal. I would truly uh, encourage you guys to go and, and read about her and about some of the crazy stuff that she did. I had the honor of living down in L.A. Uh, right next to Angela's Temple and got to see uh, the, uh, some of the, the prosthesis of people's legs uh, after they didn't need it. Their legs grew out. Just amazing stuff. So just uh, go and read her story. She is actually splattered all over L.A. Like, it's not just that little part. It's all, all, all over L.A. So women in ministry, I truly believe that the denominations that cut women out um, cut half of God off, to be honest with you. Because we, as, uh, you know, just all of us are facets of who God are and bring the, the, um, bring the character of God, his lovingness, his strength, his, his surrender, his... Um, willing to to do everything for his people. So it's just as one facet of of God's nature, and and we are created in his image, and each one of us hold that piece to make a full picture of who he is. The other part that that I looked at was like, okay, you know, I really don't, uh, was the art of waiting on his promises. 
And, and I'm sorry, I'm not very good at waiting. I really am not. Um, I don't wait well. I, you know, I want things now. And um, I, I work with a lot of um, millennials, and I'm seeing that more and more. Nothing against them necessarily, but they want it now. If it's not done, if they don't have the Wi-Fi right now, the world's going to end. And I'm sorry, I remember dial-up. I remember waiting and waiting and waiting two hours later, and we still aren't connected, right? So, you know, I, I still sort of kind of have that in me. I can still kind of wait, but I still want things right now, right? So the art of waiting. Anna, for heaven's sakes, waited for this moment for 84 years. I don't think I could wait that long. <laughs> okay? Yeah, almost. Uh, some of us are saying almost. So, um, you know, uh, the art of giving thanks to God and speaking of his promises. So she gave thanks to God and spoke of his promises and what's to come and that, that okay, God isn't really, you know, he, he is going to come on a white horse. God is going to come on a white horse, but he has work to do before then. And this is the work that he has. These are the promises. He promises to bring the Gentiles into the fold. He promises to, um, to Abraham that his descendants will be vaster than the, the, um, the sand on the beach, right? So she's been waiting for this, and she can speak on it, and there's an art to that. There's, a heart, there's an art to, to walking in holiness. 84 years of living in the temple. I'm sure that she never sinned. I mean, we, we all are sinners, you know? But there's, there's something to saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to set myself apart. We don't do well. I don't do well. I'll be very honest with you. I don't do well with setting myself apart and saying, okay, at this time, at this moment, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Well, what does that sound like? Fasting, right? And so then I got into the prayer and fasting. We as a Western church are very good at praying. Very good at praying. We have 40 days of prayer and fasting, Right? We're sort of kind of encouraged to, you know, fast. It helps just a little bit, sure. But we don't focus on it, and we don't make it a lifestyle. We make the prayer a lifestyle, right? Oh, I'll pray for you. Let's pray right now. Let's do this. We're doing a prayer conference, right? But we don't do fasting well. And I think fasting is a key essential to our walk with Christ and to us being able to hear his voice and wander where he has us wander. And I think that we tend to forget that. And so I sort of kind of wanted to focus on that today was just fasting. Fasting is not just a absence of saying, okay, I'm going to abstain from eating or doing this. But it is creating an atmosphere and a space for God to speak. How many of us know how addicted we are to certain things? <laughs> How about, like, social media or the news? I have clients who are addicted to, like, sports, sports center. Like, every, if, if the channel gets changed, oh, my goodness, the world's going to end type of addiction. But yet he'll sit in the lobby while the TV's going, but he knows when the TV gets changed. It's so weird. But fasting, just fasting those things. 
and taking those things and removing those things and saying, okay, that's distracting me from God. But there's the other side of, okay, now what do we fill it with? (laughs) I'm not very good at filling it with God. I'm better at filling it with things, other things. And so we have to be mindful, very mindful of what we fill that space with. When we fast, fasting creates a space and also reveals to us what we're addicted to. I'll be very honest, I was not very good at this 40 days of prayer and fasting. And I think that that's one of, I heard a lot of comments the first, the first service about, oh, well, this was 40 days too late. I don't think so, honestly. Because guess what? I, I am going to have to redo it because I was not very good at making space for God in my busy time, in school, in work, and, and uh, nephews and nieces and family and friends and all that kind of stuff. Not very good. And so I had to sit back and think about how do I go about fasting so that I can create this atmosphere, this space to have an encounter with God so that I can impact the people around us. Fasting is not a diet, although a lot of people use it as it. Um, the health and fitness industry use it as a diet and for you to lose weight. And I think that we need to change our mindset is that it's a way to get us spiritually strong and open our ears so that we can hear the voice of God. There are several things that we need to, um, you know, do before we, we get into fasting. We need to prep our minds. Our minds are a dangerous thing. The mind is what will hold us back from hearing God easily. Because I don't know about you, my mind, my mind keeps on going. Okay? For years, I, I dealt with not being able to sleep, like right after, you know, I lay down and all that kind of stuff. You know what I did? I started listening to books on tape. And so a couple of years ago, the Lord started talking to me and said, what are you filling with your mind with before you go to bed? Why don't you start listening to the Bible? Have I done that? No, I'll just be honest. No, but there's something about filling your mind with it, with the Word of God, and taking that time. Okay, what's the first thing that you do when you get up in the morning? Well, most people, it's check your Instagram, check your email, check your Facebook, check your heart. We've got to check our hearts. Because what are we filling ourselves first thing in the morning? Right? What are, what, are, what are our motivations in fasting? Is it just to say that we can or that we did? Is it a pat on the back or is it because everybody else is doing it? I am, um, I am very influenced by people around me and what they're doing. You know, we sit there and chat and talk about, oh, how's your walk with God? Oh, what are you doing today? Have you gone to the gym? I'm like, yeah, I can do this. If you can do it, I can do it. What's your motivation? Is it because somebody else is doing it or is it because God is calling you to do it? And if God calls us to pray, he also calls us to fast. 
And so it's one of those things that we've got to learn to do on a day, not on a daily basis, but incorporate it more than just once a year into our lives. If you are doing a physical fast, you got to prep your body. All right, there's ways to do that. If you are a diabetic, please, please, please do not do a complete, you know, water and bread fast. That's not good. <laughs> I don't want to hear about people. And I have heard, uh, you know, read stories of people going to the hospital because they've done a fast and not eaten anything and they've passed out. Not good. Not good. That is a blockage. That, that, that can be a block um, to hearing God. So we got to prep our body. But what is our flesh wanting to do when somebody says no? We want to do it, right? That was my big problem for the 40 days of prayer. You know, oh, yeah, we're going to do this great, amazing thing. And then, oh, what am I going to fast? Let's see. I think I might do sugar. So guess what I start craving? <laughs> sugar. Oh, let me do some coffee. Well, my migraine two days later not helpful with my attitude of people around me. <laughs> but how many of you guys know that that shows what you're addicted to? Fasting is to bring light to light what you're addicted to. Are you relying on the coffee or are you relying on God? I rely on the coffee a lot, I'll be honest. I rely on the coffee a lot more than God. I rely on the Facebook. I rely on the media. I rely on the sugar. I rely on instead of God. And so when we start stepping into that mindset of, okay, God, I want to change, but when he says, all right, let's change, let's take away this thing that you're addicted to, your knuckles get white as you hold on to it even more. And it's so hard to let go. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect in your fast. Nobody's perfect. Well, Jesus is perfect. But that's where we have that covering of Jesus. So like I said before, I did not do well in the 40 days of prayer and fasting. But I'm called to do it again to be honest with you. And then again and again until I can make some progress in making it a habit. This is an addiction that is good. This is an addiction that brings me closer to my God, my creator, the one who loves me and who wants to meet with me on a daily basis, who wants to have relationship with us. you got to prepare your schedule. Your schedule is so important to prepare. I did not do that well, I'll be honest with you. Again, looking at my schedule, I have work, I have school, I have papers due, and then, oh, yeah, I think I got asked to preach. Oh, when am I going to be able to fast? Okay, I was supposed to be off at 3.30, and I'm off at 5, and all I want to do is go and click on the Netflix and eat my chili. That self-discipline has to come from within, and we have to ask God for some strength to do that. My schedule is so, it's so hard to manipulate sometimes, because there are those unforeseen things that come on in. 
So then how do you do your schedule? I think that that's an individual-based thing. But we have to decide to do it. So in all of that preparation, there are some fasting guidelines. We do need to bring some people along. But the motivation is key. If we bring people along, it needs to be private and say, hey, can you you help me hold me accountable? Because I'm going to be doing this thing. I want to hear God. I want to hear, I want to unplug my ears. I want to unplug my heart to where I can have an encounter with God. Can you help me along? Instead of announcing to the world like like, uh, Jesus talked about with the Sadducees and Pharisees of saying, hey, it's a publicity stunt. And saying, look at me, look at what I've done, what I'm doing. So bring people along. Ask people to come along with you in your journey, but have it quiet. Never complain or brag about it. Request privacy for those, you know, who's going to be your your partner in that. Stay away from negative people. Spend much more time um, alone in solitude and in prayer. I loved it. We're going to open up... um, open it up here in a little bit to, to have you guys share what, what you've learned from the 40 days of prayer. But somebody said, I just turned off the radio last, last, uh, last service. He just turned off the radio and just sat in quiet. We don't do that well as Westerners. I know I don't. But there's something when we go quiet and we listen. And as I was talking to a couple of people last service, the Lord just put into my mind is that sometimes we're addicted to using this way too much. <laughs> that this is part of the, sometimes part of the fast, is just shutting your lips. Figuring out how to calm your mind to where those thoughts aren't racing. Another part of, of fasting guidelines that I would suggest is also journaling and writing things down, what God, what God promised you or what God is saying. I'm a horrible journaler. Horrible. I have to do it for a class, and guess what my flesh says? Ah, I don't want to do it. But I have to in order to get the grade that I want, right? So I just started journaling what God was doing in my heart. And I hope to continue it. Because now I get to go back and look and say, okay, what was God doing in my life then? How far have I come? What do I still need to work on? As much as I say that I'm not a journaler, journaling is is important for us to look back and see what we've done and where we've gone through and what God has done for us and the promises that he's given us and the things that we can give thanks for, for what he's done. The biggest enemy of our fast, of our encounters with God and and bringing this, this discipline into our walk with God is our minds, our memories. Our minds and our emotions will war against us. Again, I I talked about a little kid. When you say no to something, they want to immediately do it, run after that. And I don't think that we have changed at all. I think that we are just grown-up kids, and we still do the same, right? God will say, okay, we need to cut this out of your life. You are addicted to it. Guess what we want to do? 
It's so easy to pull out your phone and say, okay, where is it? Where's that game? Where's that sugar? Where's that bread? (laughs) And that's what we crave. And so when we start to conquer and to have those guidelines and to have that preparation to walk into that and to create that space, fasting creates a space where we can hear God and talk to him. And so it's just as important for when you create that space to prep for it, it's also important to prep for afterwards. How many of you guys have, uh, well, I mean, how many of you guys have gone on like a a Daniel fast or something like that where you're trying to lose weight and it's like, uh, or even you get the, um, the, uh, what is it, the fitness things, like the 40 days of fitness those things are like, yeah, promotional things, right? So you get on up there, you get in there, you, you start working on out, and then you're like, okay, only, you know, four more days. And then as soon as that ends, what do you start doing? <laughs> you start eating the junk food again. you much rather be on the couch than in the gym. I mean, I'm talking from personal experience here. I do that all the time, Right? Well, it's the same thing with fasting. Fasting, we are so quickly to forget what God has done for us and where he's taken us and what he's spoken to us. And again, that's where that journaling comes in, and that's super important. But we re-enter from our like hyper-spiritual listening to God and being there to, okay, now we're going to walk how we normally walked. But we've got to pause for a moment and ask, what have we learned? What are the key lessons that we've learned? What are some habits and disciplines that we need to keep? Right? Has anybody died that they've not looked at Facebook for 40 days? Is that something that is... is, is uh, uplifting and bringing um, um, life into your life, into your heart, into your soul. So is that a discipline that I want to keep? Is that a habit that I want to keep? New dietary rules that you want to follow. Okay, I'll be honest. I found out that I was more uh, sensitive to gluten than I thought that I really was because I did a fast from bread. And so I try to follow those, those guidelines, but the sourdough keeps on calling my soul to it. Yeah? But it's something that I know that I'm like, okay, this is something that, this is a new habit that I need to try to keep on keeping and going with. What dreams and visions have you had? What ministry is the Lord asking you to walk into? See, these are all questions that, you know, if you don't ask, then you're just going to go on your merry way and forget about what God has called you to do and what things he's asking you to do. Anna, there's not about a lot about her at all, but she's in the Bible. She was noteworthy enough to be in the Bible. She had an encounter with Christ. And she impacted the people around her. Why? 
I truly and strongly believe that it is because she prayed and fasted for 84 years. And that was a routine and ritual in her life. And how often can we do that? Like, like I know for me personally, I need to start bringing that into my routine and my ritual and my, my, um, my interaction with God. More often than not, because guess what? I don't always hear from God. In those moments of crisis, I don't hear from God. But if I have that foundation, I have almost a pipeline to where I can hear him. Because I've already done the preparation. In our Western culture, we, or in our Western churches, we, again, like I said, we, we focus so much on the prayer part. And that becomes routine. Because Paul said... Pray continuously, right? How often do we bring in the routine and the discipline of fasting to where we create that space for God? And you know what? That routine that we have of giving up in the morning and reading your Bible can also become a barrier. Sometimes you might need to mix it up. Go for a walk. Go and worship God outside. Put on worship music instead of read. God speaks through many ways, but we've got to create that space. That space is so important, and that's what fasting is all about. I think that we get so caught up in the, well, I, don't, I can't. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. I can't consume emotionally that or look at that. Instead, What is it really about? Is it about the encounter with God that we want to have so that we can impact the world around us? Or is it just about because everybody else is doing it? Well, because the Bible says so. I'm sorry, I want want something living and breathing. Fasting is not just a dead thing. It is living and breathing and it changes. Like I said, I have grown up in the church and I've done many different kinds of fasts and I have not found one that works all the time for me. I will go in my phases of, of being off of social media. I will go in my phases of being off of sugar. I will go in my phases, well, more so off of bread. But I will still go into those phases of, okay, yeah, it's fine right now. But then God will call me back to, are you creating that space? And that's all that fasting is, is creating, giving that opportunity for God to speak. And that we restrict ourselves and take away those things, those addictions, those things that call us, those fleshly things that call us away from him. Anna had such a privilege in proclaiming God to a nation who was looking for a king on a white horse and saying, wait, there's more to this. There's very little said about her, but she knew how to pray and to fast. And I think that that's something that we need to take away from, from, this, from this scripture. What we put into ourselves is what we inherently will put out to others. If I'm having a crummy day at work, I'm going to come home and have a crummy day at home with the people around us. So what am I what am I ingesting during my lunchtime? What am I ingesting before I go to work? What am I ingesting to help fend off? I don't know about you guys, but my work stinks sometimes. There are days that I just am ready to go home. 
that I'm like, oh, no, I cannot stand this client. I do not want to talk to him. I do not need to deal with this right now. I have other things going on. But my strength does not come with that attitude. My strength comes in saying, okay, God has this. How can I minister to this person? How can I love this person in Christ? See, I've removed myself from that, that, that spot. And so that uh, fasting helps create that habit of removing yourself and saying, okay, God, here's some space. How do you want to fill it? And if you make it a habit, it becomes a habit in those crisis moments, in those moments of where I can't handle my family anymore. I don't want to go and have Christmas with them. I can, you know, Easter's coming, so I have to. It creates that space to where we have an encounter with God so we can impact the people around us. I'd love to open it on up. Um, if anybody wants to share, I, I would love to share. And part of reentry for fasting is talking about and encouraging people of what you've heard from God, right? And so I would love to open it up. If you guys were part of the 40 days of prayer or if you guys have heard from God um, this week or, or uh, recently and you would love to share what God is doing in your life to encourage us to keep on going and, and to do that, I would love to open it on up. Pastor Dan. take place, and then in the fall, uh, Northwest Church reached out to us and said, hey, you want to be part of this 40 days of prayer and fasting with us, and it really, uh, that was an answer to prayer. I don't know if any of you were in that similar place, but uh, I, I was just loving the Lord, excited about the Lord, wanting to go deeper, and then uh, a church in such a way said, hey, you want to do this with us, and uh, it's been such a neat season, uh, even the, the Bible reading, the daily Bible reading plan, I, I've gotten so much out of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I like doing things with other people. Mm -hmm. um, I, I enjoy going on the journey together. Yeah. And for me, the 40 days of prayer and fasting, even with the, the worship nights and the prayer nights, all those different things that we did, to do it together with the body of Christ. I know it's a, a personal relationship with the Lord, mm -hmm. but it's found yeah. in the context of community. Yeah. And good. for me, um, it really felt like a springboard. It felt like mm -hmm. a, just this, you know, uh, Pete made a hilarious joke about the uh, David and Goliath slingshot uh, ride in Israel that he was going to make, if you were here that Sunday <laughs> when he was preaching, but I really felt like this is the uh, slingshot uh, for mm. 2019, yeah, and I'm just really excited that I got to be a part of it. Mm. Anybody else? Hey, um, oh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had a dream, I had a lot of dreams during the fast, and one of the dreams that I had was... Um, I was walking down the street, and I came up. I could see my house. I didn't recognize the house, but um, I walked up to the house, and I turned into the yard, and there was this movie star sitting on my step. And I looked at him, and, and I don't, in my, like when I woke up, I didn't know who it was. But um, in my dream, I knew who it was, and I I said, I, I looked at him and I kept walking up the stairs and then when I got at the top of the stairs, I looked at him and I said, are you safe? And he said, yeah, 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 I'm safe. 
I said, well, wait a minute, I have to go inside, because I didn't even recognize the house. I have to go inside and, like, um, check out my house before I do anything here. And so I walked in the house, and then I invited him up to come into the house. And he was just there, and when I woke up the next day, I was like, I said to Jesse, like, I don't understand, you know, what this means. Like, I'm dreaming about this movie star, and I want to remember who the movie star was. <laughs> you know, like, maybe in my... In my real life, I will, one of these days, just walk by a movie star <laughs> on my way out. And um, I just prayed for understanding and revelation. Mm-hmm. And a couple of days later, I told him, hmm, you know, I think I got the interpretation of the dream. It's not what I wanted because I really wanted it to be, like, in the physical, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, go by this famous movie star that everyone knows mm-hmm. on my way up to you know, some big thing happening in my life. Um, But what the Lord showed me that it meant was that we all have authority over any movie star um, in the sense of we get to decide who we let into our homes. Mm -hmm. And that was just like major mm-hmm. for me because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't fasting Netflix or any of that. But um, it turned out that we ended up fasting stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just made me it, what I understood the Lord was saying to me mm-hmm. in not a condemning kind of way. Like He wasn't like shaking His finger at me. He was just saying to me, "I get to decide. Mm-hmm. I get to decide what mm-hmm. I watch." Um, and I get mm-hmm. to decide who I let into my home, and that all of those mm-hmm. movie stars, yeah. they would be um, penniless, they would be mm-hmm. destitute if it wasn't for us and the fact that we allow them to influence mm-hmm. us. Good. So that was, a, that so was major for me. Awesome. Fantastic. Anybody else? Um, for the 40 days of prayer and fasting, it, for me it started back in the fall because there was a period of time where God was starting to impress on my heart mm-hmm. interest in fasting and I hadn't had an mm-hmm. interest before and he kept impressing upon me specifically a number 40 and that mm-hmm. was weird and it really actually stirred up a lot of anxiety because I didn't think, I was like, are you calling me to 40 days? I thought I was not going to be able to do it and so one day trying to process that in the fall pr- as I was driving to work, I asked God, what do you, what do you mean? And like thinking through kind of like Emily was saying, like the details of how mm-hmm. would I, what would I not eat? What could I not do? And then I heard mm-hmm. him say a couple times in those moments, you know, when you hear God like say in that still small voice, um, this is the fact I mm-hmm. desire. Good. And then he said it again, this is the fact I desire. And instantly I knew um, what he was referring to. And there's scripture in um, Isaiah 58 that talks about true fasting Mm -hmm. and that's what god says at one point where the people were fasting in physical but they weren't fasting with their heart Mm -hmm. and he calls and that fast a true fast is um breaking the chains of the oppressed Mm -hmm. feeding the hungry sharing your bread Mm -hmm. clothing the naked and bringing Mm -hmm. the homeless into your home and then in that same drive, again, I'm realizing this was back before we started as a church, but in that same drive, I asked him one more time, like, what, do you, what does that mean? And it's funny because God gave me another word about authority. 
Um, Matthew 18, 18, whatever you bind, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be or ba- bind, bound, 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 bound in bound, heaven. Yeah. Yeah. On earth shall yeah. be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be yeah. loosed in heaven. So mm. then going into the 40 days of the church, it made sense. I was like, oh my gosh, this is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I've never had that experience. So that was cool yeah. to see God do That's that. That's awesome. And then he did bring up several times that Isaiah 58 mm. and that idea of authority mm. um, through other people, hearing other people yeah. receive that too. Good. So if you haven't read Isaiah 58, I recommend it. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Anybody else? I, c- I keep hearing authority, and that's mm. that's kind of been the, the same with, you know, when Shannon and I went through the prayer and fasting, is the authority of it. Mm. And, you know, my son, my youngest son's in India, or actually he's coming back now, but, you know, talking to him, it's like, have you seen anything, you know, exciting happen? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, just typical stuff. We, a couple of people that were completely paralyzed got up and walked and mm-hmm. seen some mm-hmm. blind people. You know, we prayed for blind people mm-hmm. and now they see. And it's like, you know, and we've kind of been going through this, Shannon and I, have just reading the authority and how mm-hmm. we've, we've lost yeah. something along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, go and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead. He said, you know, uh, another passage says, if any amongst you are sick, bring them to the elders, Mm -hmm. and they will be healed. Not, uh, maybe we'll pray for them, we'll believe that maybe something's going to happen. But the authority that Mm -hmm. we have through God, and, you know, as we're we're praying through this and relying more Mm -hmm. on God, I've seen a move, and I've got a construction company, and I've seen a change in all of my guys. In, mm-hmm. And one of them actually went to church today. Um, oh. And it's just, I mean, I've got some pretty vile guys. And, mm-hmm. and they are coming to me for prayer. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, awesome. asking me questions about, about God. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. amazing things that... You know, I'm not out there evangelizing to yeah. them, but they've they've seen my walk and they they're coming to me and asking me for prayer and things like that and mm-hmm. and just you know I was praying this morning when I got up and it's it's like God impressed on me that we're just people yeah. and without God I'm just a salesman and so I can mm-hmm. only sell what my ability is but only God mm-hmm. can work through us. Yeah into the people's hearts that we're speaking to and only yeah. God can touch them and bring them in. So when we plant seeds, mm-hmm. we can't talk anybody into yeah. the kingdom of God. Only mm-hmm. We can only plant seeds. Yep. And if we're not in the right standing with God, yeah. we're not going to have that authority. Yeah. We're not going to have that power. Amen. And we're just wasting our time. Yeah. Good. That's so awesome. I'm so done. No, <laughs> I mean, you guys, I mean, this, this is what the body's about, right? This is what it's about. I don't think that it was necessarily ever meant like, for us to just have one person up here proclaiming what we think. This is what the body is about, encouraging each other and saying, okay, well, it's about authority. It's about fasting. Read this. It's about taking you know, what we can enter into our, you know, into our homes and into our lives. This is what the body is about. How much more so if we come together and continue to corporately fast and then fast individually to create those spaces 
for God to enter in so that we can, again, we're impacting the people around us. God is speaking to each individual one. He's not just speaking to myself, Pastor Dan, Pastor Wayne. He's not just speaking to the people who are up on stage, right? In my job, I impact a lot of people around me. And this is not my normal gig, right? This is not what I normally do. This is way out of my comfort zone, okay? I, I, you know, how do I create that impact with people around us and then bring them on in? I can't proselytize at my job. Not allowed to. Not allowed to even pray for people. But yet I have people coming and asking me about who Christ is because I've had that encounter with God. God, Jesus rubs off on me and therefore I rub off on other people. What you put in, what you allow in is what you put out. Right? Can I have the worship team come on up and we're going to pray and I am so thankful that God had a bigger plan than what um, the, the people of, of Jerusalem wanted. Because guess what? I wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here today. I'm so thankful that God calls us to be a family and a body. Because we wouldn't be able to have this. We wouldn't be able to influence. I mean, we would be able to influence people, but not for the kingdom of God and our motivation. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray that you will continue to speak. Holy Spirit, continue to rain down on us and speak to us and through us. Holy Spirit, bring your anointing. We are just standing here. Father, let us create a space for you to speak to us here, today, and now about what we are to do in the next couple of hours besides eat chili and the next couple of days of how we are to love on our co-workers and on our family that we can't stand. Or even the family that we can stand and that are our beloved. God, how do we impact them for your kingdom and for your glory and bring them into the body to where they have an experience with you? God, I just pray for, for areas in our lives that we can, that, that you can point on out and reveal that you would like to change in us. God, and I just pray that we will, God, just, just let go of that and that we won't hold on to it saying, ah, but this is my space. But God, that you, we invite you in to say, okay, Lord, deal with this human nature. God, that we relinquish the things that hold us back from you and hold us apart from you, Father, that we can be able to enter into your presence and hear your voice clearly in those times that we need you so much and in the times that are peaceful. God, draw us to you, Lord draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name.